Welcome to In Bed with Neil Moody. I'm Neil Moody, editorial hairstylist, Instagrammer, YouTuber, etc, etc. And throughout my 25-year career in the fashion and beauty industry so far, I've been lucky enough to have met and worked with some amazing and talented people. My In Bed with Neil Moody podcast series focuses around the professional and personal life stories of some of those individuals who also think outside the box. I hope to give you an insight into their world, what they're up to and where they're going next. So welcome to this episode of In Bed with Neil Moody. My guest is the fantastic Alexandra Steinher. Born in Northern Europe, and all will be explained in the interview, Alex has 15 plus years experience in the beauty industry and her love for beauty and products as a young girl eventually led her to become beauty director of Glamour magazine in the UK for over 10 years. And she has partnered with some of the world's leading skincare brands, including Creme de la Mer and Elizabeth Arden. Having recently launched her own skincare line in collaboration with Primark, I went to visit Alex in her London home to talk all things beauty, who and what has inspired her over the years and what she has next in the pipeline. Hi Alex. Hi Neil. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> How lovely to be in your gorgeous flat here in Westbourne Park. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Not Westbourne Grove? No, Westbourne Park. Westbourne yeah. Park. How long have you lived here for? I haven't actually lived here that long. It's been like a year. Mm. So it's kind of funnily enough, it coincided with when I left uh, when I left Gamma, when I left the magazine. Mm. I was um, I was like, you know what, I need to live somewhere where I want to spend more time. Mm. I think before that, you know, I had a, I loved my flat. I was closer to Hyde Park, but you know, I was never there because yeah. you know when you go to an office, it's it's different. You know, I have a lot of light here and I have a little terrace and I love it. But funnily enough, I'm not actually spending that much more time in the flat. And I was like, uh, you know, I guess I guess luckily. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm thrilled that I'm busy, but <laughs> I, like my whole idea of like, oh, I'll just, you know, sit on my terrace and write, yeah. is not, is not, hasn't quite happened yet. <laughs> but that's okay. It's all well, you're traveling. It's all you? good. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Um, you know, I am busier. I, I'm actually busier, I think, than I was when I was at the magazine. Or it's a different, it's a different kind of busy, mm. I suppose. Mm. Yeah. So. Um, I wanted to just do, um, just for everybody that's listening, do a little bit of an intro into you and um, <laughs> your life. Woo-hoo. And um, I know you were born in Austria. Is Actually, that right? no. So no. This is, oh, God, so, I've got that wrong already. No, no, you know what? You're not that, because I think people are so confused because I sound like I'm kind of an American, which I'm not. Mm. And then my nationality is German Austrian. So my dad right. is German, my mother is Austrian, but I was born in Belgium. So it's, it's a, yeah, I mean, and, and this is the thing. And then I, you know, as, as a child, I lived in many places. So the reason I have an American accent is because I, I lived in the States, in D.C. Right. when I was younger. Was that because of your parents? So my dad is a professor and he just, you know, he just ended up working in, in many different countries. So we mm. just kind of moved around a bit. So the funny thing is, I do identify <laughs> as German-Austrian. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people are like, you're German, you're Austrian. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever, whichever. But I've never lived in either country. Right. Never. I mean, I used to spend all my summers in Austria with my granny, which mm. um, maybe we'll talk about later, but which influenced, you know, what I'm doing now. Mm. Funny thing, when you grow up in... Me- like, I always thought I didn't have... Proper roots. What passport do you have then? <laughs> so I have, so I currently, so this is a good question. 
because there was a point where I had multiple passports and mm. now I've settled. So I have a German passport. Right. And the reason, I don't know, is kind of the easiest option. But again, I'm not defined by my nationality. I think no. also grow, growing up in Brussels, you know, which is the center well, of the European Union. Mm. And also I went to a school, which was a European school. So I went to a, a, a high school where it was kids from all different countries. So we had Italians, Spaniards, Greeks, Danes, Germans, yeah. you know, we were thrown together. So again, this is why I am how I am, because mm. I'm used to being surrounded by many different nationalities, people who have different, it was so nice when you'd go to friends' houses and when you were young, you know, and then the kind of different food. I mean, I think food, oh, yeah. you know, you and I, we love our, you know, yeah. I love food. <laughs> so much from a culture comes mm. from your food. So when I was a kid and you'd go like, you know, you'd sleep over at your friend's house and it would be an Italian, a Spaniard, a Greek, oh, and the different, you know what I mean? The different mm. foods to be exposed to and, and the traditions and how people, yeah. you know, communicate their, the togetherness mm. is through food. So I was very lucky that I had that. And um, in a way, that was like your family completely. But yeah, dinners, right? yeah. So that, that was so so you know so so yeah. So my passport is German. Yeah. And I think, funnily enough, I think I have a lot of German attributes. <laughs> if you can say things like that, but I you know I have uh, I have a lot of discipline. Um, when it comes to my work, mm. I'm, 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 I work hard. They are, they yeah. really hard I am, I am Germans, a hard worker. Oh my God, I do love German food. I know people think, what is German food? But I love, I mean, maybe, maybe it's more Austrian food that I like, mm. which is like the knödels and the schnitzels and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. Like, I love that kind of stuff. But um, I think I, you know, I think in terms of my personality, uh, I do think I have a lot of what some people might traditionally call Germanic attributes. Right. You know, in terms mm -hmm. of a certain resilience, discipline, um, and wanting to do good and, yeah. do, and be correct and i'm very punctual that is something that drives a lot of people nuts especially in our industry <laughs> and, I, and i and i get driven nuts if someone's late like i'm i'm oh god i'm terrible but no, i was, you were on time I was on time and, today, I, and i always comment to people like oh you're on time and people are like what uh but it's really funny because my boyfriend is the opposite i call him mr flex because he's very flexible and i so it's teaching me to be a bit more yeah relaxed relaxed about it well i'm so, never more than about 10 15 minutes late though i'm not one of these half an hour 45 minutes people. when i am late i panic though yeah i go into panic mode and i apologize like a million times <laughs> that's something i've learned living in the uk yeah. it's like the first I'll thing you saying say sorry. Is, i'm sorry yeah and i never used to say that but in, yeah, it's, oh, i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and like i'm like why do i keep apologizing <laughs> yeah. but i miss my family terribly but at the same time i have a certain resilience i guess moving around so much as a child though just yeah. becomes normal doesn't yeah. it for you to and i guess you did you feel like you never really got any roots anywhere yes i live in london my family doesn't live here you know my brother lives in switzerland mm. you know my parents live in austria and in belgium and so basically it's kind of like i don't have like a friday night dinner or saturday dinner with the family so i always envied my friends would be like, yeah, so on the weekend, the whole family gets together and we all... Yeah. I never had that. But on the other hand, you know, I'm... I, I mean, this is the only upbringing I know. But on the other hand, I'm someone who's... I love traveling. I love discovering new things. I, you know, I'm not afraid of, of newness. And, yeah. and, I'm, and I, I feel comfortable everywhere. This is the yeah. other thing. I can easily find um, a comfort. Like, I'll go to a country and I'll be like, I'll embrace it rather than be kind of like, oh, well, I don't eat this kind of food. I'm like, oh, what is this? Oh, sheep. <laughs> Brain. let's try it you yeah. know what I mean like I love London you know I'm very yeah. grateful to London I think it's a city it gets criticized a lot but it has given me my opportunities mm. you know in life and it has embraced me mm. and I do think it's a very 
multicultural city and it's 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 it's, it's a welcoming city i mean of course yeah i'm not gonna talk about politics <laughs> because this is one rule i made yeah. this is one rule i made by the way when i started on my instagram one of the rules was no politics no religion mm -hmm. and not too much private life yeah. so and i stick to that rule but london to me is is where you know it's it's what the song is about new york but i feel london is you know if you can make it here you can mm. make it anywhere and, do you know i was taught yeah. that as a hairdresser when i was yeah. training they were like don't talk about politics i just think yeah. politics and 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 religion, religion. yeah for yeah. me it's it's a rule from beginning because it's not that i don't have views i have them i just feel you can never like people will always have diverging opinions and and it just can create conflict and also, this is not what my what I'm about. You know, my yeah. my Instagram, what I do, it's not about sharing my private life. I'm mm. not here to debate with people. This is the other advantage of having been raised the way I have been raised. Is mm. that, you know, being having traveled a lot, being very multicultural. You know, I I you never know where someone comes from, what their trajectory is, why they have certain opinions. It can be trauma from childhood. It can be things that happened. I won't judge. I don't judge people. People can have whatever religion politics you want. But equally, my, I don't, you don't obviously harm people or are, yeah. are hateful. Mm. My, but my platform and what I do, it's purely about, it's, it's you know, I'm, I'm sharing my beauty expertise. Mm. I'm not sharing my life. And that's what people want. You know, I, I think my audience is definitely, they're not about like, oh, Alex, you know, it's great you're having pancakes. You know, it's kind of like, <laughs> it's about, no, but you know, and, and, I, and I respect, it's no problem people who do that, by the way. I mean, mm. it's fine. But for me, it really is people ask me questions. You know, it's yeah. about, can you help me with my skincare? And that's what I wanted to be. Um, you mentioned your grandmother. Yeah. Um, and I read that she was an couture designer. Yes. But tell so, me how you, because you said that she influenced yes, you a lot. She is probably my biggest influence mm. because my parents uh, traveled a lot. My dad was a professor, but he worked with developing countries. So my parents would spend their summers in Africa or in, or in China and things like that. And so for two to three months in the school holidays, I would be with my grandmother, Irmen, in Vienna. Mm. Oh my God, Neil, you would have loved her. So <laughs> she looked like Marilyn Monroe when she was oh, younger. Wow. And she had this blonde, this same kind of hair. And even when she was, you know, granny she would have elnet spray she's the first person I, I saw this but you gotta remember as a child i had no idea yeah she would sit she had one of those beautiful dressing tables that our grannies had and there was the elnet there was the chanel number no. five there was all the arden and estee lauder potions and she would literally have this had this this marilyn hair was it she like immaculate it, it was immaculate and the most mm. beautiful at that point silver i mean it was just the most beautiful color but it was all that that sorry i'm, I'm gesticulating that no one can see what i'm doing but, you know it was, like, it was just hair. The hands are flying no, but, you know, the it, wasn't, hands are it wasn't like hair like nowadays where it's like yeah. loose hair mm -hmm. and she would spray it and that smell of elnet mm -hmm. mixed was number five maybe that's what got you granny. into beauty it is no, she is my biggest influence and then she always had these bright chaparelli pink nails mm -hmm. so when i say she did haute couture i need to say like she had a at the time, in the 40s, 30s, 40s, 50s, women, you know, you wouldn't go to Zara. No. Like, women of, you know, who of means would have a couturier who would, a modest, modest salon, you say in German, yeah. who would make bespoke, uh, you know, make your clothes for you. Right, so this right. is what I mean. She wasn't Karl Lagerfeld, Chanel. Yeah. But <laughs> she had a modest salon. I mean, you know, when 
when they were younger, um, my my grandparents lived in in South America, and she would make clothes for uh, Evita Peron. So you know, wow. it was you know she would, and then when she was back in in Austria, and I remember, so I would spend my summers with her, and and oh my God. Honestly, it was just fabulous. She was the most, she loved life. She mm. was, and also she was a very modern woman, you know, because she was, my grandparents were divorced. She earned her own money. Mm. You know, she wasn't dependent on a man. And again, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, she's a very, very independent, mm. strong woman yeah and so i would spend my summers in the modesalon and you had all the seamstresses and i'd be on the floor with all the buttons and all the everything and the magazines and it was vogue it was italian vogue it was paris vogue and i would just sit there cross-legged i see it in front mm. of me on the mm. floor with all the seamstresses around me they obviously loved me and were so nice to me yeah. and they were just kind and you know, at the time i can't i can't believe i'm saying this but i can say this on you know people would still smoke in in yeah. places so yeah. they would be smoking and it was just it was just really something i don't know and I would sit on the floor and I would look through all the magazines. And even though I was in this fashion environment, you know, I was always more on the curvy side. You know, I was never a skinny girl. Mm-hmm. And, and it's absolutely the truth that I would look at the magazines and yes, I, I, I appreciate the fashion, but it didn't speak to me. Right. Because I felt I can't wear that kind of clothes. Yeah, kind you of couldn't clothes. relate I to couldn't it. I couldn't relate to the clothes. To the the bodies, I guess, in the clothes, mm-hmm. but it was the faces and the hair, and I just thought, but I can do that. The, the attraction was always the faces and the hair, mm-hmm. the brow, the features, um, and so. And my granny, being such a cool granny, like first of all, she's the first lady. She put me onto skincare. She gave mm-hmm. me my first regimen when I was thirteen. It was Clinique Three Step, mm-hmm. and then also I was allowed to play with her makeup. So, you know, she would, she, I would be allowed to sit at her dressing table mm. and then we'd look at some of the imagery of like, I don't know, Christy Tarlington, who I loved, or, yeah. you know, at the time, Linda Evangelista and all that. And then we would kind of oh, copy. So she would, let, and you know what she did? And I found some pictures the other day and it made me cry a little bit because I'd forgotten about it. She, we would do like a photo shoot. Oh my God, So amazing. remember, it's not, no iPhones, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she just had a camera and, mm. and I would do the makeup and she'd style me. Uh, was those amazing beauty? I mean, I still have, you know, I have one coat she did that I have and I cherish, uh, but because everything else, you know, was too small, she really didn't make stuff for me. But um, and then she would just she'd style me, and then you know we'd take photos. I mean, and then obviously you know the photos that you'd have to develop at the Photoshop. So it wasn't like mm. today, but it was funny how forward thinking mm. she was. And especially into her 60s and 70s, which, Mm. you know, she passed away when when she was 80. But into her 60s and 70s, she was the most modern, liberated, Mm. strong, free woman. And to me, that was, that's a feminist. To me, that was my role model. So it's, you know, again, people talk a lot about feminism and what is your definition of feminism and and there are many different but for me it was seeing an independent woman mm. nobody told her what to do she yeah. did what she wanted she was very talented she worked and she enjoyed her life and she lived to her own tune but she and gave that, you it sounds to me like she gave a full-on education about full, fashion and beauty full-on and she loved which most people yeah, would die to have full-on and she just you know the one thing that and I don't want to cry, but I get emotional when I talk about her. And I was just in Vienna, by the oh, way. Maybe yes, I didn't know. I her. was just no. She, you would have loved. She was mm. honestly. She was beyond. Like she was fab, 
you would have loved her. Yeah. Anyone in the fashion beauty who has a sense would have loved her because first of all she was always happy also she was a very positive person she never saw bad things and trust me you know during the war she yeah. didn't you know she, it's not like she waltzed through life you know mm. happily mm. like she had she had to go through a few things but it's that positive strength and attitude and um the one thing that that does make me sad is that she passed away before oh. i started working in magazines mm. so so she didn't um she never got to see it but uh but i think i don't know i have this belief that she knows and i oh, and i think sure. she would be so yeah. proud now you yeah know, to see what god i'm sure she'd be proud yeah. if she wouldn't be proud god yeah. i can't imagine that she wouldn't be and you know what was amazing about her as well even though she was in this fashion and beauty world she always you know like i said i was plump you know i was a plump girl and i still am curvy but um she never like she never made me feel like she never was one of those people like you know you have to lose weight you have to this yeah. she was very she just um, let you be yeah, yeah she always said like it's not about you know it's not about that and for someone who works in fashion and who you know mm. constantly measuring people and things yeah. like that and and she was never she she would always say to me you know look after your skin and smile mm. that's that's the, that's what people see oh wow you know your smile your what face a great you know and, sort of um, mantra to have. Yeah, and I yeah. think she, um, yeah, she was, she totally influenced what I ended up doing, mm. 100%. But you went to university, didn't you? I did, I went to university, I studied first? economics, uh, that's because my dad obviously was a, uh, is still a, a professor, an economics professor, and I think, you know, there was always that thing of like, when my parents would come back from, from holiday, they, and I was going on about magazines, and you know, I'd spend all my pocket money then on magazines, and mm. I started buying products uh, beauty products that they recommended in the magazine all my pocket money went on that and my dad would be like mm, right okay you spend a bit you spend a lot <laughs> i can see you've been with your granny my father it's a man that i i admire him massively mm. and for someone like him who is really he was truly an intellectual and who is very much in his world of of books and and math and economics and you know not really you know the whole beauty magazine stuff is a bit like alien to him mm. But to his credit, he never stopped me from doing what I wanted to do. So I think going to university, first of all, you know, I'm very fortunate that mm. I was given that opportunity. And, you know, I was academic in school. So, you know, again, being the good little soldier and, and good girl. <laughs> who, but I always wanted to, you know, work in magazines. And mm. when I got my degree and my dad was like, right, OK, so we're going to do a master's now or whatever. And I was like, mm, actually, I really uh, want to work. I'm off. <laughs> I, I really want to be an intern in a magazine and not get paid for it. And, yeah. uh, you know, do whatever people <laughs> want me to do. And he was like, OK. And again, I remember very distinctly him saying to me, but that's that's not a job. Mm. And, God, I know those words yeah, really well. My and, dad said that. Yeah, I mean, and he didn't say it, I think, in a bad way. I truly think he said it because he just didn't... Mm. It's not his understanding of the world. I think he said it's a passion, it's not a job. Oh, no, it's a hobby. It's exa he said to me, mm. that's not really a job, it's a hobby, because I had all the magazines and I had all the products and everything. And so he saw it as a, like, as a hobby. And I said, but Daddy, it's, 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 you know, I want to try. Mm. And, um, and he said, okay, try. So he let me, and I think to his credit, a lot of people, when they don't understand something, they block it, yeah. whereas he didn't understand it, but said, fine, mm -hmm. if that's what you want to do. Obviously, was, I think, 
the secretly the hope that I would give up <laughs> after a few months and yeah. and you know go back to and get get you know and go back yeah. and do a master. She'll be over it soon. She'll be over it soon. <laughs> but but you know he never said that and he let me do it and uh, so what I did is I, I wrote to uh, lots of magazines, got huge amounts of rejections, and then ended where, which up magazine where in the UK, in the UK. because mm. I was in Brussels again and I was like well not much happening here. Yeah. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go to Paris. Uh, I had lived in Paris whilst my French verbally is good my written French isn't as great uh, and I think when you are a journalist which is what I wanted to be you know you have to be really good it's not just about knowing how, grammatically but turn of phrase and so on and all my education had been in English so the options were London or New York mm. New York seemed awfully far away <laughs> Uh, you know, even though you live in the US, yeah, but far from my family. You know, I'm very, I love my family, and even though I'm, like I said, I suffer from not being. That's the one thing I, yeah. I, I wish I had my family around me because mm. you know I talk to them every day. So oh. I wish I, that's very important to me, and and it's not the case. So, um, so I was like, okay, London at least the run home with something. Yeah, it's an hour and a half flight. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, and so I um, so I ended up getting an internship at Marie Claire. So that was my first job, and. Um, in fashion or beauty? Oh, okay. This, this is the story. So I wanted beauty. Like that was, mm. that's what I wanted. That and was it, where you were yeah, going. That was where I was going. Very clear in my mind. Mm. And so I got an internship in beauty. And the day I arrived, it was like, um, oh, well, actually, we've got someone that we like. So we don't need you. And I was like, okay, hold on a minute. Um, mm. Just came all the way. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm not just living around the corner. And they said, oh, okay. And there was a nice girl there. And she said, look, I feel really bad about this. We should have told you. Um, can you come back in a few months? I said, no, I'm, I'm here. Mm. And I'm living, you know, I lived, uh, I, I rented a room in some uh, someone's flat. Do you know what I mean? Like for me, it was yeah. it was an endeavor. You'd move lock, stock it and barrel. You were ready. A, yeah, it was an endeavor for me. And, yeah. so, um, and so then she said, okay, well, you, you, we can put you on reception. <laughs> so I'm like, hmm, free labor. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. Uh, but I thought, do you know what? I'll take that. Doesn't mm. matter. Foot in the door. And I think that's where, again, you know, this resilience comes from. It was my, f I believed it was my foot in the door and mm. I would just have to learn you from the bottom up. You were prepared to stick it out. Whatever and... it was. And I yeah. was literally, and look, there's nothing wrong with being on reception, but that's a job. Yeah. That's, and that's not what I wanted. You know, it's actually, mm. you should pay someone to do that. <laughs> the day you know it was unpaid for thank god things change now mm. and you can't just have unpaid for interns there's yeah. a minimum wage and, and things like that but but i was happy to be there um and and from there i mean it, it was a process but then i ended up i just made myself useful and you know just asked i probably was quite annoying and just saying to people do you need help do you need help and i did everything photocopies brought coffees you know mm. whatever whatever people needed it like an apprenticeship really almost yeah but i mean you know it was being a receptionist like it wasn't yeah. in the beauty department doing what i wanted to do but it didn't matter because i felt you were in the environment i'm here yeah. so let's make the most of it and also you know i i have a lot of pride you know and i and mm. i just didn't want to go back going yeah so yeah. i thought let's give this a go why not and mm. um eventually i got to be uh, get an internship in the fashion department which was interesting not what i wanted to do but again sometimes you know you have to it's good to learn a bit of everything yeah and i think that's one of the things when people ask me now like what is what advice would you give and i would say look don't see everything as a straight line you know because if i mm. had just thought well i'm not in the beauty department i'm not going on reception i'm yeah. out of here i might have never have be where i am now i mean who knows but my, i might not have you know yeah. and Whereas I was like, no, no, I'm going to stick it out. Did reception. 
ended up in the fashion department. Like I said, I didn't love it. I'm not going to mm. lie. Mm. I got treated like very badly, mm. very badly. But it taught me things like not to treat people badly. So <laughs> yeah. when I then, you know, had interns or people in my team who never treated people badly. Mm. I mean, the amount of ironing I had to do was out of control. And I was really bad at it. Like I remember... I got a job in a dry clean. I was off. <laughs> I remember we had to do a shoot. And back, back then, the, the fashion director was doing a shoot and it was the 101. Do you remember the Marie yeah. Claire 101? Yeah. And it was... Listen to this, white, everything white. Ooh. Imagine the ironing on white linen. I was a disaster. And, I, and then, and I remember that she came to them, we're in, in the studio and then she came in and I'd hung everything up and I'd ironed and steamed and like, I think I got up at like 4 a.m. to get there before everyone else to make sure everything was fine. <laughs> the fashion director being like, you need to do this again. Like they're all kind of crinkled and not, and I was just like, oh, you know, maybe like we can talk about how it's like, <laughs> trendy to be cr- I mean I got the telling off of my life yeah. I had to do it again you know yeah. the whole thing from scratch I've, and got a, I've got a funny 101 story tell me tell us so when I first joined my first agency which was Premier Hair and Makeup um, which was owned at the time by Nikki and Lindsay Nikki wasn't really looking after me it was more Lindsay but Nikki called me one day and she went right I've got you on 101 Marie Claire and I was like I'm not doing that <laughs> And she went, what do you mean? I went, I don't want to do that. And she said, but you have to do it. And I was like, I don't have to do anything. And we had this full-on argument about me doing 101 Marie Claire. Sorry, Marie Claire. It might have ended up being the white shoot. <laughs> it could have been the white shoot. That's what I was thinking, because it might be around the same time. But but, but you know, yeah, all of that... I wouldn't do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> but, you know, but you know what? It was all of that was a learning curve for me. Yeah. Because this is the other thing, you know, again, when I, I love mentoring, you know, young... Mm you know, younger, I'm sorry, kids. I mean, you know, people who want to make it in the beauty industry. And I want to say things like, you know, I stood there, like, you think I wanted to iron all these bloody clothes? Do you really yeah. think? No, I didn't. And and it was it was painful and I was not good at it and I got told off for it and mm. I felt awful. But I do believe now with hindsight, you know, all those experiences did make me who I am. Yeah. And you can't be like, I'm not ironing, I'm not photocopying, I'm not doing, I'm too small for it. Because you never, know you never know where it may it may lead you, and mm. it, and like I said, sometimes it's also good to know what you don't want to do. Yeah. So for me, being an intern in the fashion department proved to me one hundred percent I do not want to be in the fashion department. <laughs> like I knew that beforehand. Yeah. Like I felt that that beauty was my thing, mm. but I think it was good. And then also, you know what? I, I ended up styling quite a lot of beauty shoots as well, so it was helpful for me. To, yeah. to do that. It gave you something yeah. it, to take yeah. forward into beauty. Yeah. But I mean, it was like, it was tough. There's nothing about that time where I'm like, ugh, yeah. you know, I wish that hadn't happened. Maybe in the, in the moment, mm. I wish it was different. But, you know, I feel like I've really paid my dues. And, yeah. I, and I, you know, earned so when did you finally make that transition into beauty then? So, so, so what happened was that there was this amazing lady at Mary Claire called Elsa McAlonan, who was the deputy editor. And she um, saw something. She just saw me being willing to do so much and try and do. And so she said to me, listen, there's a, there's a job going um, at Sugar Magazine for a beauty assistant. I know you want to do beauty. I remember Sugar. Yeah. My answer was, well, I don't want to work at Sugar Magazine. Like me and the 101. Yeah, yeah. Like you and the 101. And she said, and this I'll never forget, and again, she said, don't just think of the end outcome. Think about the journey. Think mm. about where you want to get. You will gain valuable experience. Like, you might not want to be at Sugar, because I thought it was a teenage magazine. Ugh, you know, I, I have higher aspirations in mm. my mind. 
But she said, but you will learn the craft and it's important and just go for the interview. Anyway, so I went for the interview, got the job as a beauty assistant. And you know what? It was some of the nicest, funnest time mm. I had. It was a wonderful team. It was a very young, dynamic. So coming from Marie Claire, where it was quite serious. You know? <laughs> and at the time, Marie Claire was really prestigious. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Massively. Like, I'm, I'm not saying it's... Not, not that it isn't like, now. It was huge. It was huge. It was yeah. dirt. And, and, um, and it was very grown up. Yeah. And going to a, a young, Sugar was a young teenage magazine, and I had the best time. People mm. were lovely, people were fun, people were inclusive. Like, whether yeah. you were the editor or the intern, you got treated well. And it was good for me to see that, you mm. know? So I'm always grateful to Elsa to give me that opportunity. And then mm. what happened was from there, in the same, at the time, it was a company called Attic Futura. They also owned B Magazine, which doesn't mm -hmm. exist anymore. And then they launched a magazine called Shine. Mm -hmm. And that magazine, uh, when they launched it, I got an interview with the next lady who became a big mentor of mine, which is Gina Meyer, who was the beauty editor. And she hired me as the beauty assistant. And what was great there is that it was a very beauty and health focused magazine. I got to do so much. Mm -hmm. And Gina was an amazing boss. She taught me a lot. And the creative director, Shirley, as well, was someone who really mentored me and 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 they just believed in me and, and, and gave me many, many opportunities. And I think that's that's important when you have a boss that you respect but that, that equally lets you get on with it. Yeah. And then from there um, where's her where's she by the way Gina did she 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 ended up moving back to Canada oh, so right. she was at red and then she oh, okay. was the beauty editor and then she moved back to Canada hmm. and then I got a call from Lorraine candy who at the time was just appointed um, editor of Cosmo mm -hmm. magazine and I got a call from Lorraine and she said you know do you want to come in for an interview for the, you know I'm looking for a beach director and I went in for the interview and, and, um, and it was very interesting. So she's now obviously the editor-in-chief of Sunday Time Style. Yeah. And I went in for the interview with her and she was fascinating, a very fascinating, strong woman as well. Mm. And she said bluntly to me, she said, well, you don't have enough experience to be a beach director. And I said, okay. I mean, she was right. <laughs> she wasn't wrong. <laughs> I said yes. So was that the position you'd actually gone for? She called me and she said, do you want to come in? And I think she, right. she didn't, I guess she didn't know. She didn't what, know. And yeah. I think she was seeing tons of people, by the way. Yeah. I, she was seeing a lot of people. And because uh, it was a very coveted position. I mean, Cosmo, massive mm. magazine. And she said, I'm looking for a beauty editor as well. Both mm. positions were, were open. Right. So I'm looking for a beauty editor as well. And, you know, I would like to offer you the position of beauty editor. And I said to her, I said, uh, you know, Thank you. I would, I would love to accept. You know, may I put a suggestion forward? Mm. And I said, I fully appreciate that I don't have the experience to be a beach director. You're absolutely correct. But how about you give me six months as beauty editor? Don't hire a beauty director for six months. Mm. Let me prove to you that I can do it. So in a way, for six months, you're saving yeah. on, on salaries. And if after six months, I've, you feel I deserve it, consider making me beauty director. And if not hire beauty director mm. and she looked at me and I think she just I think she just appreciated the chutzpah because she herself is a very daring woman I'm appreciating it right I, now I love that I don't know where that came from Amazing. and I will never forget that because she again gave me an opportunity she 
you know, come on, to say to like an impertinent you know, <laughs> girl, like I was, I don't think I was impertinent. I think I was just ballsy. Yeah. And what happened is, after six months, she made me beauty director. So, of course. So this, yeah. no, but you know, it was hard. Trust yeah, I'm me. Sure. You had Trust to me. Yourself. There were, and, and again, there were times when I, I did sit there and sit and and I thought to myself, oh my God, you bit a bit off more here <laughs> than you can chew. And there were times when I felt I was, I was dropped in deep end. But Lorraine. Give, gave me an opportunity and I will, again, I'm eternally grateful mm. and, uh, and, uh, and I worked my ass off and sorry for swearing, but I really, really worked my ass off. And then Glamour magazine, um, uh, when Glamour launched, it was a phenomenon. Jo Elvin, 100% mm. is a trailblazer because what she did with Glamour was phenomenal. Mm. I mean, it, uh, it it jumped to number. Cosmo was the number one magazine at the time in terms of sales. Glamour overtook it, it in a flash, yeah. um, and it was a phenomenal new proposition. So, were you a Glamour from the start? No, 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 no. no. There was another beauty director right. um, it, uh, in the beginning, mm. and then when she left, uh, I joined. I loved it. Yeah, loved every minute of it, and mm. and I loved working with Joe again. Joe is. She's now the editor-in-chief of You magazine. And what she taught me is that a good leader is someone who empowers. I didn't fear her. Yeah. And I think that's what I found fascinating about her. When somebody's so strong as a person, yeah. they tend to not want to give the power yeah. over too much. Yeah. They'd rather be the power. Yeah, yeah. But to empower yeah. other people... Yeah. She, Jo perfect. empowered, but ultimately that made her the power. Do you yes, know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that that's something that I learned from her. It can be emotional, and I think people think I need to be in a certain way. Like, you mm. know, The Devil Wears Prada is always that movie that people <laughs> who don't work in the industry talk about, but there is truth to it, you know? Mm. And and I think to have the, ed to be the editor-in-chief of, you know, Glamour with the biggest magazine, biggest magazine in the, in terms of, in terms of sales and popularity in the UK mm. for a very long time, Eventually, I left Glamour last March, March 2018, mm. because, um, you know, they decided to close the, the monthly print edition. Mm -hmm. And then they were taking it online. And I think there's like a, a twice yearly print. print I think it's yeah. still going. Uh, I was asked to stay mm. because um, in the meantime, obviously, I founded the with Joe, I founded the um, the beauty festival, which was a very popular event mm. with glamour and all that kind of stuff. So, I was uh, I was asked to stay, and it was all very, you know, it was all very lovely. I mean, I, I have because you were there for ten years. I was you? there for eleven years. Oh, yeah, 11. and yeah. when I by the time I left, and and I mm. loved it. Like I I, I I loved every moment of working at glamour. Can I tell you something as well? I that was when I first met you when you were at glamour, <laughs> and. Um, and I remember actually, I was trying to think the other day before I came to see you, I was like, let me think about the time when I actually very first met you. And I remember I came into the office and it was part of when I was with Bumble and Bumble. Yes. And I think you guys were going, there was like a, a Glamour Awards. Yes. And oh I my God. And that did everyone's hair. Yeah, that was such a yeah. big thing, wasn't and it? And I remember doing your hair and that was when I very, very first met you. And I was a total bit. <laughs> <laughs> you were. <laughs> Horrible. You are horrible. No, you weren't at all. You were absolutely fine. And I remember being quite nervous because I was walking into this office. Everybody knew each other. Mm. You know, everyone's obviously quite pressurised because it was the awards and, you know, and everyone's worried about how they're going to look. And, and I'd never met anybody before. Mm. I think I'd met a couple of people 
like you know backstage yeah but to actually come and turn up and do everyone's hair yeah and I did your hair for you I can't remember what year it was but anyway that was when I first met you and then I remember obviously I've known you ever since but I always remember thinking this was my perception that glamour was your home (sighs) that's how it always felt to me like you were so at home there and you it to me it felt like you loved that job Beyond. I I loved it beyond. I yeah. really did. I I there's not one day that I hated it. Like there's mm. not one day where I'm over it. Like I I cannot tell you. And I think it's it's the team. You yeah. know, it's it's under Joe's leadership and and the team. And I loved my team. Mm. You know, I, I just loved and I love working in a team. I'm a massive team player. Yeah. Always have been. So it's interesting that now I kind of work by myself. <laughs> but again, I don't because I do have a team. So yeah. But um. But I I love. I absolutely. And when people say to me, oh, "Aren't you glad you're gone?" I'm like. Oh my god, I absolutely loved it. Mm. But then when it changed, it was time for me to go, you know. Yeah. And like I said, it was it was one of those things. One of the things about me is I'm never scared of cha- of change. Yeah. I'm not scared of it. It doesn't yeah, it doesn't frighten me at all. I always look forward. Which and again probably comes from your childhood, isn't yes. it? Of, but also you're I, always a, a, a exposed totally. to new situation totally and i think absolutely you're right i think that's true i never thought about it that way but i think it's things like you know obviously with youtube and instagram and all of that starting Mm. when that started about what five six years ago properly properly Mm. you know we didn't think where things would go i mean you were at glamour magazine which was selling what seven hundred thousand copies a month in its Mm. heyday and then suddenly you you never think that that would go do you know what i mean yeah totally so we were kind of like ah I loved the medium of Instagram. That's why I started. I just thought, oh, that's fun. When you did it, though, it's funny because I wanted to talk to you about this. Because obviously you're very prolific on yes. Instagram now, which, and I love your Instagram. Thank you. Because I love how informative it is. <laughs> but it's, the beauty um, editor. Yeah. 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 But um, you know what's interesting, like, for, like, same for me, Alex. When I first started, I just liked the idea of... Yeah putting stuff out there yeah. and sharing things with people and obviously yeah. it's become something completely different yes, now abs- hasn't it? absolutely and, and you know I'm, I'm not ashamed to to say that you know in the beginning as as journalists you know we look we would me and my peers, Did you frown my peers upon it? oh my god we would look at youtube and instagram and be like what is this you know yeah. who are these people who don't know you know we're not professionals I'm, yeah. I'm being honest about this was no, how ignorant listen, I was I'm the same high five and, to I, <laughs> and I remember our dear friend Lisa Eldridge because we yeah. were shooting and I remember we were on a trip I think it was in Italy somewhere and she said you know I'm gonna do YouTube and I'd be like what mm. I literally said to Lisa why are you yeah. doing this someone of her caliber mm. I was like why would you do that oh my god I wish if there's one thing I wish I'd have been cleverer because mm. she was absolutely right on the money and yeah. she was the first person of our industry of that level to mm. be on YouTube and look at what it's enabled her to do. So you have to have the foresight. I didn't have that foresight. But no, I don't the think Instagram I did. <laughs> No, I didn't. But the Instagram I just started to look at it and I was like, hmm, God, this is this is fun. And mm. I and I again I never thought because people have asked me, Oh, did you see what was gonna happen? No. I didn't, but I saw it as a way to talk to my reader directly. Right. Because when you write for a monthly magazine, which Glamour was, it's me writing an article and someone else reading it. Mm. So it's a one-way yeah. communication. They can't, if they have a question, yes, but Alex, what about that? They can't ask me unless yeah. they write me a letter. I mean, you know. Mm. So I looked at Instagram, I was like, oh my God, this is a way. Because you know me, I love practical. I've always been about the tips. The t- I love yeah. all that. And you know, on a shoot, I'm sitting mm. with hair and makeup, yeah. looking at what everyone's doing. I'm not the one waiting. I'm, I'm yeah, like, what are you doing? What are you using? How are you doing are you? that? Like, I've, I've always 
always been that girl who sits in the makeup and mm-hmm. in, in the makeup room and hair hair room and just wants to know everything that's happening. Yeah. And that's why the Ask Alex mm. came from. Right. Um, I mean, it was a column in the magazine, but then I used that hashtag art because people can literally go, Alex, I've got a breakup. What shall I? You know, and all that mm. kind of thing. That's how it started. That's just purely because I wanted to, you know, mm. communicate. Eventually, the the Instagram kind of started to take up on a life of its own. Mm. Well, you became a business. Yes, and I think what happened, what it kind of culminated at the time where, so last year when Glamour closed and went online, and I, I think it just came to a critical, ma- like a moment where mm. my decision was, do I stay? Well, I was kind of the only one left. And I kind of thought to myself, and it was all very nice, by the way, like people were lovely and Condé Nast, the company that, you know, owned Glamour, were fabulous, lovely. Mm. But I was just like, you know, maybe it is time Mm. for me to do my own thing and to go out there. And I think maybe also the fact that obviously, um, you know, I was was starting to work with brands. I was working with Estee Lauder and La Mer. And I think there comes a point where... You can't maybe, nobody said this to me, but I thought mm, maybe you can't really be, you know, mm. a director of a beauty department and be a spokesperson for a brand as well. Yeah. And also, I knew my Primark skincare was going to come out. Oh, right. So in, you knew in, at that point. Well, yes, I worked on it for two years. So I left in March and by October it was on. So I knew that was kind of happening. So yeah. I thought, okay, this is the right time for me to go. It's... So how do you think those collaborations started, though, with, like, Le Mer and mm. Estée Lauder? Was that purely, do you think, through your Instagram and what you were doing on that? So for years, I had been talking about how much I love Advanced Night Repair and Le Mer. So mm. all the brands I work with, it's not, it's no, I mean, people can literally look back on, even when I was, like, on TV shows, they can see mm. that I spoke, spoke about them and stuff. So it was more brands going, what, do you want to collaborate? Because we know you love the product. Yeah. And so that's how it happened. But so it was very genuine. On my life, and yeah. I, I swear this, I have never, ever worked with a brand that I don't believe in. Mm. Because you know me, I mean, I can't. Like, I can't my, imagine One of my biggest mistakes, one of my biggest failings in life, but I think strength, I literally, you can see on my face if I don't like something. Like, <laughs> I have such an expressive face, I can't sit here and go, oh yeah, I love this. Oh, yeah, like, you can yeah. tell. I have always been super transparent about mm. when it's a paid for opportunity because I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm. I mean, we all have to earn a living. Exactly. And, you know, it's like advertising in a magazine. You get editorial mm. content, you get advertising. So yeah. my psyche works. I'm used to that. Mm. And I think you can be genuine as long as you're honest and transparent. Mm. And in a way, it's enabled me to do what I do now. Yeah. So, you know, we talk about how social media, there's pros and cons, and there definitely are pros and cons, mm. 100%. Um, what side of it don't you like just out of interest it's not so much for me but I I am concerned about younger girls and boys Mm. both Mm. I think you know I am an adult so I didn't grow up on it and I'm glad I didn't Mm. my sense of self worth doesn't come from Instagram Mm. because I see it as a way to share my expertise and so on but when I take like for example taking selfies it's a very bizarre thing you know, and I and I'm I don't love it, mm. you know, but you are confronted with your reflection in a way that you never were before because mm. you'd look in the mirror in the morning when you brush your teeth, do your makeup, and then maybe as you get into the lift, you're checking it, but you're not constantly confronted with an image of you very mm. close. Mm. It is impossible not to see flaws. Yeah. And our mind is so critical anyway. Mm. So I think if you put a bit, so, so let's say, so I'm taking a selfie and I put it out there. 
I'm, I'm fortunate that my audience is, uh, is, is a positive audience. So when I do my lives, you know, sometimes you do get trolls on that. You know, mm. I don't tend to get it on my, on my feed because I'm so beauty specific. Like, but sometimes on the lives, which I love doing, I do and people saying like, you're ugly, you're fat, you know, whatever. I'm like, I couldn't care less. Yeah. Genuinely, mm. it doesn't affect me. Does that, actually, does that happen? On lives it can happen because it goes out to, to everyone mm -hmm. and not just your audience. Right. It doesn't happen to me a lot, but a little, like if you just, you know, there are idiots out there. Yeah, that, I call them the keyboard yeah, warriors. But, but that stuff, it, I couldn't care, like, honestly, I don't yeah. shit. Like it doesn't affect me, but yeah. if you are younger, that kind of thing might really yeah. affect you. The only thing where I get, where I do say something, usually I ignore and then they go. The yeah. only thing I don't accept and what I'm very strong about is if anybody is, you know, racist or, yeah. xenophobic or anything like that that yeah. I shut down like there I literally shoot them down mm. but if you're a teenager yeah that kind of stuff can really mess up your mind mm. and can really affect you and those are the sides that I worry about a little bit because yeah. you know just looking at it from a purely beauty perspective I got a lot of messages from young girls being like, I've got such terrible skin, I don't want to go to school, or I don't want to go on a date, or I feel really ugly, I want to kill myself. I have mm. had that. And that touches me because... Does it make you feel responsible though? In a certain way, because mm. I, want to help. I, want to, I want to talk, I want to take yeah. their hand, and mm. I want to talk to them. Now, I've never had bad skin in that way, but with my weight, I identify. Yeah. Because there were times when I was younger and I was heavier, a lot heavier than I'm now, where I would feel completely inadequate, where I didn't want to go to events mm. because I felt fat and ugly. Mm. And I mean, it, it's because I, so I do understand how it can take over your psyche that you isolate yourself, you don't want to be seen by people, yeah. and, then, and then it just turns into this vicious cycle. So, you know, I would like to, if there's anything I can do, and I need to <laughs> find the, the right way, but that's something that I want to do going forward. You know, I want to be able to, you know, talk to young girls and just <clears throat> maybe share my experience and, and, and help them. If I'm there's any way say, I can help you, them on this. Do you think with your experiences as a child, that maybe that could be a good way to, if you can, let them know that, yeah. you know. Absolutely. It's almost a bit like with me and my mental health things yeah. that I've done, you know, it was kind of like, I've kept it to myself for yeah. so long, but actually now I've shared it out to the world. And I didn't even, I'll be honest with you, Alice, I didn't know what response I was gonna get mm. from that. But what's been amazing is the response that I've had and people contacting me, people, I, uh, people that I know and also people that I don't know, mm. just saying, oh, I listened to your interview, it was really useful, or I listened to your interview, I got somebody that I know who's struggling to listen, and I actually realised, you know, because like you, I, I, it's funny because I, I struggle more with my weight now, now I'm older <laughs> than when I was younger, because I was always really skinny when I was young, but I had so many other things going on and other issues, and I feel like I'm actually helping people now, but it's kind of, it's happened a little bit sort of subconsciously in a way uh, yes but also the thing with the, the weight it's just the thing is now it doesn't bother me as much that's yeah. the other thing and yeah. this is the thing that i want to um that i would want to talk about you know if i had mm. like young girls and, and boys that just say look and it's always that thing isn't it like when you took someone young and say well when you get older you'll see that doesn't help anybody because i remember when i was 15 and some and, and you know my granny or my mom or someone would say to me like look 
you know, this will, this too shall pass, and, and you just think, oh, whatever. You know, that's no. not helpful in the moment. No. But if well, you at can, that age, you're only living yeah, for the next because day, because you don't you? see it. Yeah, no. and and exactly. So, um, but I do think if, if, if maybe we more to encourage, you know, more because self care, beauty is 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 you know, it's it's part of healthcare. You know, it's yeah. part of looking after yourself and I think once you get more pride in how it's not about being beautiful no. it's not about looking yeah, being like a certain weight it's not about that it's just about you know when you love yourself you are your best self and yeah. that and it sounds like a cliche something you find like in one of those Chinese crackers but <laughs> but you know when you have that when you truly love yourself really and it's a hard thing I'm not saying I love mm. myself every day and I wake up and I go I love me yeah. <laughs> but when you truly appreciate and love yourself and like well, you can just like yourself mm. external negativity won't hit you it's yeah. almost like an arm it's like an invisible armor mm. around you when you just go actually you know what I'm, I'm, I'm good like I'm, yeah. I'm doing good I'm happy I'm who I want to be and that's the hardest thing it's not to get influenced by external mm. notions of who yeah. you are it's irrelevant mm. and also people who are nasty to you it's never about you and this is one thing I that's yeah, the biggest lesson I agree. if people criticize you are nasty to you say crappy th all these people saying horrible things to you it's not mm. about me yeah because inherently it's always about them yeah always about something in their life they're not happy about mm -hmm. or something they struggle with yeah so it's things like that that i want to just say is like look of course you know telling a 13 year old have compassion mm. with that troll because they're actually super unhappy in their own life clearly is not maybe not going to go very far mm. but maybe explaining more like you f do feel sorry for that person don't yeah. don't let them affect you feel sorry for them of course you know you don't have to not everyone you know, it takes a lot to, you know, to, to forgive someone who's horrible to you, but try not to, not to let it affect you. And I think just by talking and sharing and explaining, and I, mm -hmm. I do think like being in the position that I am in, you know, where maybe some people think I lead the perfect life. Nobody leads the perfect life. But you know what's interesting? I've watched your live things and I don't think you come across like that because actually you expose yourself Without the makeup, without the, you know, like right now. <laughs> no, but you know, it's kind of people see you as you are, not yeah. as Alex yeah. with all her makeup on going out all but the time. Know, it's kind of real. I, I, I thank you for saying that. Mm. I, I, I'm a lot more comfortable in my skin now than I have ever been, mm. and I think having freedom helps. Uh, freedom of mind. I mean, you know, yeah. I think I, I definitely, I, I really like myself. Like I'm, mm. I'm comfortable with who I am. I don't want to be someone else. And that's not an easy place no. to get to. Is no, it? especially in our industry as well. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want to be someone else. Like you know, there's always going to be someone skinnier, prettier, younger, whatever. It doesn't matter. Mm. Everyone has their own battle. I mean, mm. we've worked on on sets, and people think models have the perfect life they have a normal life and sometimes a really hard life as yeah. well like external beauty and wealth does not equal mm. happiness necessarily no. no so you know just remember don't envy someone else this is the other thing i've learned mm. don't envy i do not envy anybody genuinely mm. i don't ever look at someone and go, oh i wish i was you mm. no I, I admire people, yeah. but I don't envy people. And I think that's another thing. Can I tell you though, I'm envious of you. And Do you know what I'm envious of? Is how knowledgeable you are, knowledgeable you are of ingredients and products. 
I am envious of that. Because I just think you have an amazing brain for maintaining information. Whereas my brain will read it and then it goes and then I have to keep looking yeah. at it again. But, but then I have zero talent with my hands. And I, <laughs> and I, and I, can't, I can't create anything yeah. beautiful like you do with your hands. You know, the thing Envy's with these, the wrong the word, read, really. the, I admire your knowledge. But you see what I mean? This is the thing. It's like mm. I can admire someone else for what they do and go, wow. Where do you think your passion came from, Alex, for the ingredients of products? Where, where did that stem from? Was that just you wanting to know what everything did? I think that's exactly right. I, I mm. have this crazy need to know and to learn. Mm. And this is the other thing is that still now, when you very kindly say about ingredients, it's because I'm constantly educating myself. Yeah. But I'm very curious by nature. So I'm someone who like wants to know everything. Yeah. So I mm. need to know when someone like it, it can be annoying because when someone like in a restaurant, I want to know what's in the dish, but yeah. not. It's just to, because I want to go, oh my God, what's this? Mm. What is this? Just you know? inquisitive. Yeah, I'm very inquisitive. I'm very mm. curious. And I, and I think <clears throat> with ingredients, and I've always been like this, I just, maybe that's why being a journalist was the right job for me. Yeah. Because, and I've, I was known <laughs> in, I, was, I mean, I, I heard this so many times that like, you know, scientists or dermatologists or whatever people I would interview said, oh yeah, I was told you're the one to watch out for. I guess in a good way mm. that you're the inquisitive one, and and I think it's true. I, I, but it comes from a point of where I just want to understand, and I also yeah. think that if I get it, I can, if I understand why this is in this cream or this shampoo or whatever, I can then share it better with yeah. my reader and my audience. So, but still now, you know, I'm continuously educating myself, mm. and I think that's another thing. You think about secrets or whatever, how how I do things is that. I never feel I know better. Mm. I never walk into a room and go, oh, I know everything. Never. Mm. It's just not in me. I'm, and, I, and the day when I can learn something new, I'm like so excited. You know, yeah. I'm like, oh, I've just, I've just learned something I didn't know. And yeah. also, I'm never afraid of looking like a moron or a fool. Mm. I'll ask questions. Mm. You mm. don't know something, ask. Yeah. That, and that's actually a sign of intelligence to yeah. ask. And I think I've never been scared of asking. So I'm yes. like that with hairdressing. I always think... I'm happy if someone wants to teach me something yeah. new, a new yeah. technique, or yeah. I even say to my assistant, "Listen, yeah. if there's something you've seen or and you want to sh like show me, I because I don't think I don't sit here going I know yeah. everything mm. because I think the day I do that is the day to stop." Exactly, and even when I was, um, I remember when I was in the magazine and I was editing copy, my mm. my team's copy because we used to have a lot of pages of beauty and glamour. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be afraid to, I would never have a problem to say someone, that is brilliant. Mm. That, I could not have written that better. Mm. And also if someone does a good job, it doesn't make you look bad. No. If someone else does a good <laughs> job. But this is what some people don't get. Like, mm. it's like, well, if someone else does something great, bloody hell. What? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. What a genius I am to have hired this person. <laughs> you know? <laughs> still but, comes back to you. Like, it still comes back to me. No, but I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's important to also encourage people and praise when they deserve it. But equally, you know, mm. when it's not just to say everything's amazing when it's not. But yeah. that's another discussion. So cut to, obviously, you leaving Glamour. Yes. And then starting the line with Primark. Yes. So when did that actually launch? I was trying to find so the launch So it launched in October 2018. Mm, so it's right. quite recent. Yeah. And now we are restocking because it's sold out 
so quickly, which I'm thrilled about. Yeah. Uh, and then we're adding new products to the yeah. line. Yeah, I read you've got two new products. I you? do. Well, there's actually more than two, but there's. Uh, so you're here. Huh? Can I tell you? I've there's done my research. Two launches. Pollution now. solution dual yes. texture exfoliation pads. Yes. And the city mask. Yes. Yes. Um, you're getting it all. <laughs> because I can't wait. you know, well, it'll set you back seven pounds. So <laughs> um, what a dream, you know, for someone like me who, you know. I just never would have thought I would have been able mm. to do skincare and, and to do product. I've always been a product obsessed. Uh, what happened was that on my Instagram, so I do my Sunday facials, you know, every Sunday yeah. I do like a routine yeah. and I, now I do it live, which mm -hmm. sometimes, because I don't have proper lighting and it just, I look a bit awful, but I think, you know I what? saw you the other but day I'm talking like, about the lighting it's real, above. But there is no light, but I'm like, yeah. you know what? If you're going to show people the skin, you might as well show them what it actually looks like, you yeah. know? Um, and so I, um, so, so, so what happened was I would do the Sunday facial and people would be like, Alex, love your recommendations, but can't always afford yeah. what you recommend. The problem I had as a professional, and as you know, when it comes to hair products as well, mm. it's all very well to say to someone, oh, well, just try this for th three pound product. But if it, you're recommending a crappy product, yeah. it's still a people are not going to trust you anymore and B, they're still, you're still wasting three pounds on a shitty product when yeah. you could have bought a good one for yeah. double that amount. So mm. my problem was that I only ever want to recommend what I actually believe in and I struggled. And I'm not saying that there aren't good products at a lower price, but there are less. Yeah. There were less in yeah. my mind. I agree. And I was working with Primark as a consultant already on makeup. Mm -hmm. And so one day we had a big meeting. Uh, I remember like a big board meeting with people. And I just said, guys, loving what we're doing. Uh, I mean, obviously I'm thrilled, <laughs> but have you ever considered doing skincare? Like real, effective, good skincare at, a, you know, your, at, pr at price. your prices. Yeah. And they said, do you know what, Alex? And they were so, they're great to work with in that sense that they're very um, open with their, their opinions as well. Mm -hmm. And they just said, look, Honestly, we have skincare. It's not really a focus. Makeup is, I mean, fashion is our number one and makeup is where we want to, you know. Because right. it goes hand in hand, yeah. doesn't it really? So yeah. skincare is not really our focus. And I said, okay, I get that. I, I understand that. But just because it isn't, doesn't mm. mean it can't be. And I remember saying, trust me, skincare is the future of makeup. Mm. Now I said this, a few years back, because remember, I worked on this line, I started two years ago, so I said this maybe three and a half, four years ago. Right. Before this massive trend of skin skin now, Yeah. because the British market has always been, and I think the US and probably, the, it's always been a hair and makeup market, mm. more than skincare. And I remember, I think that phrase, they kind of went, oh, okay, mm. right. And I think they went away, and then like a, a month later, a few, I don't remember how, a bit later, they came back and I said, they said, you know what? We like that idea. Why don't you work on it? And mm. I was going, yes, more consultancy. <laughs> I never thought about my name on it. Mm. So I thought, great, it's another project I can sink my teeth into. I can learn as well the trade because I always wanted to do products eventually, you know. Mm. And so I thought, brilliant, this is a way I can learn more. And then they said, no, no, but uh, actually, we, we, what do you think of the idea of putting your name on it? Mm. And that's when I kind of went, what? And I thought, oh, my God. And... Um, and I went away and I did, I did think, I did say, let me think about this mm. because it's a so whole it wasn't different an thing. Oh, no, yes. because yeah. I wanted to do it, but I thought behind the scenes, yeah. so as in it would be called something else. Yeah. The reason I hesitated with my name on it was because a, it would be putting myself out there. 
So that's mm. always that little exposing thing, exposing yeah. myself, putting, you know, stepping forward. Also, at the time, I was at Glamour, mm. obviously still, and, and working as a consultant on brands is accepted. Yeah. But I knew that that meant I would have to leave, obviously, mm. eventually. Yeah. Uh, but again, sometimes in life, things happen in the right way because, mm. you know, well, anyway. Um, so, and the other thing was, I was obviously, the, the, what I was conscious of was that if I put my name on it, I will be watched. One hundred percent. I can't, you know, and I need this needs to be exactly. And you're putting yourself out there for more scrutiny. For more scrutiny and open for criticism and whatever. Yeah. Again, I'm not scared mm. of. Not that I'm fearless, but I need to analyze the fear and then go. You know, I need to be okay. This is what could potentially happen. Yeah. So then I said, okay, guys. I mean, I love this opportunity. However, here are a few things that I that are important to me, and that when we do this deal, so it has to be that I control. The formulas are mine. Mm. So we don't get formulas that have already been made. Yeah. And I just put my name on the label. That ain't going to work for me. We had a really frank discussion. I said, mm. it has to be, I have to work on the formulas. With scientists, of course, I'm not a chemist, but yeah. with chem, it has to be my formula. It has to have, I have to work on the packaging, design the packaging, everything. It has, I have to be the, do the, so when it comes to the product, it has to be me. Yeah. And then I want the product to be fragrance free, which is a challenge for at that level like obviously we know that high-end all these medical cosmeceutical brands they are fragrance free and that's yeah. where we're going but mm. it's a, so i said fragrance free no essential oils i want them to be gender neutral can i ask you about that by the way why no essential oils so i'm not against essential oils and mm. by the way i'm not against fragrance but mm. the thing with fragrance is that it is one of the biggest potential allergens Right. So when you are selling as well, remember the Primark customer, mm. it's a self-service. There's not someone going, hello, yeah. sir, may I help you? <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure I wanted to minimize uh, the yeah. risk of irritation. Okay. That's the main reason. Yeah. And then the essential oils, to be very clear, people think I hate, I don't hate them, but they have to be a of incredible quality mm. because you can get really crappy stuff and that's super irritating yeah. and number two the formulation has to be completely spot on in dosage right so these are there were just two things that again it was just i mean there are brands that i absolutely love who have essential oils in them mm. but they cost 70 80 pounds yeah. there's a reason for that do you yeah. know what i mean so yeah. for me it was it, it's like high grade it's oils about yeah it has to be the top top quality and mm. and some oils i don't like like lavender on the face god forbid <laughs> super irritating Mm. But I'm saying like a certain rose oil, I like, like, you know, there are beautiful things, but mm. we wouldn't have been able to do it at the cost. So yeah. I always have to, have to be conscious of that. So no essential oil. And I wasn't going to compromise. So this mm. is what I mean. Those things I just wasn't going to compromise on. No fragrance, no essential oils, no parabens, no phthalates, no sulfates, no jar packaging because of cross-contamination. Yeah. You know, I wanted everything to be airtight. I mean, I wanted to be vegan friendly. Mm. I'm not a vegan myself, by the mm. way. Uh, I do like vegan food, but I'm not a vegan. But again, I think this is where the customer Swear, wants to yeah. go. And then also I wanted it to be cruelty-free certified. The reason I wanted that was because um, there is absolutely no reason to test on animals. No. Absolutely none. And uh, and in Europe, generally, it isn't. There isn't no. that. However... It's illegal, isn't it? It's yeah. illegal. Mm. However, first of all, I'm also sold worldwide, but the, uh, not in China. But the one thing is also that it's all very well for brands to say the product, the end product is not tested on an animal. But when you're certified, every single ingredient that goes 
in the formula has never been tested. Ah, okay. That's the difference. Yeah. So I can guarantee that every single ingredient has never been tested by an animal. Now, mm. for a company to get the Leaping Bunny certification, mm. you have to open yourself up to huge investigation is the wrong word but you know you have to let yeah. the body that does it it gives you the, you have to let them in yeah they have to check all your factories all your suppliers all your it's a process it's a, yeah so it took two years so this is why you know from the beginning to the brand to the, the it, it was two years in total because mm. we i needed that certification it was really important to me yeah. um and so anyway so sorry <laughs> i can go on about it because i'm very proud of it the formulations are truly, from an ingredient perspective, like mm. honestly, they are really performing at the level that, mm. that we say they are performing. I wanted to make something that was also easy to understand because you got to remember, I'm talking to a customer from, you know, a teenager to an 80 year old. So it has to be easy to understand. Not everybody's a skincare expert. I mean, gosh, I get confused sometimes. I think mm. the skincare market is very confusing. Yeah. I wanted to offer effective products, but that aren't complicated, mm. but that are sophisticated. So. We started the first collection. We had lots of cleansers and masks and moisturizers. I wanted to create the core, mm. and then now we're adding. Yeah, you know, because it's broken down into five categories, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and and I and <clears throat> I tried to make it more about things like instead of saying anti aging or not again nothing wrong with saying anti aging, but you know I it's wanted. It's been banded I, around a lot though, hasn't it? Yeah, though? but I mean, on the other hand, I get it. People understand anti-aging what it means but yeah. i just feel like and i don't want to say pro-aging i just it's just about having being having you know youthful glowy skin like mm. my mom for example she's in her 70s she's had no work done on her face i mean she had her nose done because a tennis fell tennis ball fell on her nose tennis <laughs> so you know that's where my by the way is. alex and i are big tennis we love tennis fans, but my mom yeah. used to play tennis and a, no, a, a ball fell on her nose I mean, why am i talking about this <laughs> so my uh i just start talking about my mom I forgot what you were talking about her she had no work she's had no work yeah, done she's had no work done and but her skin mm. is so gorgeous because she's always looked after her skin so yeah. for me that's what's youthful yeah. so you know she has aged she looks yeah. phenomenal mm. but no one's gonna say you look like you're 40 yeah but you look amazing that's mm. the main thing that yeah. i think is important my mom's the same she's gonna be 80 this year but people see her and they're like oh my god i mean she's my mum wouldn't even contemplate having any work done. But she moisturises, puts, the, you know what I mean? She loves a product. Exactly. And it really shows. Yeah. And this was my idea, it was my Primark range. Look, I mean, you know, I'm not going to claim, look, no one can claim that a face cream is going to get rid of your wrinkles. No. Okay? Everybody claims that, they're lying. Yeah. Okay? So it, I want to get people to skincare routines. You know how much I am into skincare yeah. routine. And here, and, and, and there was a lot of people at the lower end you know, of the market who didn't, also, by the way, it's for people who can't afford expensive skincare, but it's also for people who might not want to spend. Not everyone. I have a lot of friends who can afford more expensive creams, but they're like, it's not where I want to spend my money. Yeah. But I want something that works that isn't costing the earth. Mm. So I'm, I was trying to do something. Well, our aim was to do a product that are just really good, that say what they do, that do what they say. Um, and that appeal to you know yeah. a wide a wider audience. So mm. we started with core products, and now we're going more advanced with the peel pads. And what's coming next? It's a long-term collaboration. Yeah. But obviously, you have to build when you build a house. You build. Yeah. You know. <laughs> build you got to build. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and you know, but it's been. Um, I'm so incredibly proud of it. I was super. Which I think is amazing, by the way. Thank you. Because I think to be proud of what you've done. Oh my god. Is can't even tell. Having you. done my own brand yes. myself. Yes which as people know I'm not part of anymore, but 
to be proud of it is so important because if you're not how can you ever get yeah. anyone else to believe in it exactly and you know me as well like i said you people know what i'm like people yeah. know me know that i i'm the worst liar in the world mm. and the thing is like i literally look at those products and it fills me with pride and oh my god you know i love going in store it's one of my big things i love meeting the customers mm. i've cried I'm an emotional person anyway, mm. but I have cried at what some women have said to me, and men as well, by the way. Mm. But women have just been like, like this one lady um, came to see me. It was in, it was in Ireland. I was in I was on the shop floor, you know, whatever. And she was just like, I just want to tell you, you know, I, I'm a single mom. I've got three kids. All my money goes on the kids. I, it's which is absolutely which is, how yeah. so many women have that. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, my money goes on my kids. I never pamper myself because I feel guilty I bought three of your products which were under 10 euros so she bought a she bought a cleanser a mask and a moisturizer and she said for the first time I <laughs> I've, I've, I've told the story before because it touches me and it, it touches mm. me every time but she said for the first time I literally did something for myself mm. and I felt like a queen I was doing something for me and it made mm. me feel so good about myself I think yeah. she also had a glass of wine with it <laughs> um, and she just said you know it, it just felt so good to to take care of myself yeah that is everything to me everything that and then she said and I love your product so then I was like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know because if yeah. she said and they broke me out I would have been very <laughs> upset but um no and 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 that that means the world to me so I've got I've got you know women like that and then I've got makeup artists we know really high mm. like Wendy saying gosh that's a great moisturizer before mm. that texture is fantastic Alex so mm. you know and I want that too you know I want to appeal to to, to people who get everything yeah who, have, who, who try everything and who go mm. do you know what brilliant texture you've done well you know so yeah. I want it to be a mix of, of everything mm. so what's next in the brand so obviously so we're launching products. the two new products we've got one more a night cleanser which is phenomenal and then I've developed a bunch more mm. so which are all gonna drop later this year and early uh, 2020 because this is the one thing I have I'm not a very patient person in nature. <laughs> I have I have had it's to quite learn. annoying doing products isn't Ooh, it? Because I like, have I want it now. Yeah, because because you know I'm I've got all sample I'm testing my bathroom is full of samples. Like I test stuff that's gonna come out, you know, mm. in a year's time because everything has to go through stability testing and da 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 and which of course it has to. And um but I'm literally gagging to tell people, so I'm very mm. bad, because when I'm on my lives and people go, well, what's coming? And I, I literally want to tell people, <laughs> but I can't. The edge of I've already got in trouble many times because I just get so excited about stuff. And some of the products we're developing, uh, so I think I've developed seven, eight more um, that I know, I mean, that are, I've, I'm developing way more, but the ones mm. that I know are in production. Yeah. I mean, they are literally, I think they're the ones that people are just going to go like, wow, okay. Like mm -hmm. I can see real, they're like they're game changers, difference as, as in, in terms of skin, like they yeah. really, really have an effect on the skin. Mm. Um, and I'm proud. I mean, a lot of my products are made in Korea. Like we are at the high end, but you can when you're Primark because we have yeah. no advertising costs. Mm. So, you know, we're not, we're not, we, there's no advertising. We don't pay a, a big supermodel. It's just me. <laughs> I don't mind. They don't pay me to be in the picture. Superwoman. Uh, super, and, but you know what I mean? Like, and, and there's no, um, because of the scale. Yeah. Primark, you know, we're able to do it. And the money genuinely, you know, mm. the, the margins aren't huge. Yeah. That's why when people say, how can you make this for four pounds? Well, mm. when you think about the cost of making the product. So where else is it available then? So, it's, so this is the thing. One of the most asked questions I get is, why can't you buy it online? Mm. 
I, I wish it was sold online. <laughs> I'm going to get in so much trouble for saying this. Primark don't sell online. You know, it's not there at the moment. Like they they just don't sell online. Obviously, I'm hoping eventually yeah. they will. But it's, you know, that's not, I that's not my, you know, they are one of the biggest retailers. I, I, mm. that's, I can't. Yeah, tell them, to let them you know, do that's their, their decision and, and that's fine. I wish it was sold online, but you know, mm. it's not the it's not the the policy of the of, of the company at the moment. And we're sold uh, worldwide in, in in all most Primark I'm not in all Primarks, which are most all the, are Primarks. All the stores called Primark though, that's in Ireland, pennies. Ah, so right, we're yeah. main UK, Ireland, France, Germany, Austria, Belgium, uh, <laughs> Holland, Portugal, Spain, US. Um, but yes, at the moment, sold uh, sold in the stores, but not every store. And I've got a lot of questions about why aren't you in every store? Mm. Again, you know, it's 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 retail decisions. It's also decisions on space. And you know what? To be honest, when we first launched, we didn't know how it was going to do. Yeah. So, you know, I I wasn't. I think it was a question of being a bit humble as well and not being like, well, yeah, let's just go. Yeah, you know, you have, like, I also... You have I mean, to be strategic. Well, you have, but also, I'm an unknown entity. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, how could we have said, yeah, well, it's going to sell? You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not J-Lo. I always say J-Lo because she's like, why? <laughs> but, you know, I'm not... I'm she's not, also got gazillion followers. And amazing there, right? skin. But, you yeah. know, I'm not like the a, a massive worldwide known celebrity yeah. you know and this is the other thing we were saying like i'm an expert in my field and that suits me just fine i don't you know i'm not looking to be famous mm. at all but i definitely we also what was important to me is that the products you know deliver on their own the product had to also deliver whether you know who i am or not yeah and i think that 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 was my that's what i'm really proud of you know is when mm. i get it like when it first launched you know, and I'm grateful for it. Like a lot of it, people are like, well, let's see what she's done. People who know me, let's let's see what, what she's actually done. I was done. actually going to say, your peers, did they, how, did, how were they when you told them you'd done it with Primark? Can I just tell you, the support of the, of, of the industry mm. has really touched me. I mm. mean, look, you know me, I'm not a liar. Some people I was surprised, mm. you know, who didn't. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. You know what? Like the people that have supported it, supported it, Maybe some in part because of me, but also I think on the merit. Like I've had a lot of really nice feedback from people I respect massively saying, yeah. you know what, I've tried it. It's, it's, it's really, good. really great. Mm. And so for me, like Jess Diner on Vogue has been incredibly supportive and, mm. and that's really helped me that they've, I've had the endorsement. Kathleen Baird Murray in the Financial Times, another journalist I massively respect, mm -hmm. said, do you know what, Alex, that like I really like the product. Yeah. Inge van Lotteringen, who I think is a very intelligent, um, especially skincare expert, has been supported. Leslie Thomas on, on you know, on, on Saturday Times. So people that I have massive respect for, uh, the fact that they said, you know what, you've done well, Alex. That mm. that meant a lot. You're lucky because your skincare has got has no fragrances. With our product, with my products that I did, we had to put fragrances in, yeah. and of course, I mean. How personal are fragrances? And I, it took me a long time to get used to people going, I really don't like the smell yeah. of that. I used to get so upset. But then in the end, I, I realised it's a bit like saying, you know, like I love tomatoes. Wendy Rowe, my really good friend, hates tomatoes. She likes the smell of things. I don't like yeah. the smell of the same things. Yeah. So it's accepting, isn't it? Absolutely. People, and, and not everybody likes the same thing. That's the thing. And it's hard when it's yeah. your name on something. It's hard not to take it personally. It's one thing for people going in and being excited and buying it because they want to see what I've done. But then when the messages, when people say, 
I went back in. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm like, wow. Like it's yeah. the repeat purchase. Yeah. That's when you see that people, it's not just the hype of getting something new, which mm-hmm. I get, I, I love newness. You know, and I still love so many other products and you know, I don't just talk about my own. I mm-hmm. love skincare in general. and. I think, and makeup, and hair, and everything. But you know, the, the fact that when people go back and repeat mm. purchase, that's the thing, when they say yeah. this actually made a difference. And if I may tell you a story about my mom. Mm. So my mom is very much like, you know, she's the lady who buys Sisley, La Prairie, mm. Clarence, Chanel, like all that very traditional, yeah. kind of expensive skincare, because I think that's the generation. And also, she, you know, she likes, look, like I said, my, my love of beauty comes from my granny, but my mom, who's my granny's do well, mm. she got it from her mom as well. So yeah. there is this thing of we like skincare and beauty. Anyway, she had a reaction recently, and this is no word of a lie, Neil. She mm. had a reaction recently. I think she just used a product because also she stockpiles stuff, and she probably was probably like three years old in a cupboard. So, mm. you know, hello, mom, don't do that. <laughs> there is a shelf life. Um, and so she got a reaction around her eyes. Uh, and then she went to the doctor and said, yes, you've had a reaction to, to a too strong of a product. And he prescribed whatever, some medical, medical cream. And then she was like, yeah, but I still need a moisturizer. <laughs> this is my mother saying to me, well, so I looked into my bathroom cabinet and then I remembered you told me that your creams were fragrance free. I mean, obviously I would never try them. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she was like, because she has all the other stuff, right? The, yeah. And I was like, what? And, uh, and she was like, well, but then you said it's no fragrance, no essential oils. So I thought I will put that on. And it was the plumping, I remember she said it was the plump and glow serum and cream moisturizer. And she also had the everyday moisturizer, which are the two. And then she said, love it so much. It completely calmed my skin down. And, it, and, she, and then I went into Primark. Now she lives in Brussels, my mother. Mm. And she went to the Primark in Brussels. I just imagine my 70 year old mom with her perfectly blow dried hair <laughs> walking into the Primark. And she said, and I went into the Primark and I looked it there was nothing left on the shelf so i went to the young girl and i said because my mom speaks with an austrian accent and i asked her like yeah this is my daughter's range do you have this and she was so nice and she found one more of that and she went and i bought it and oh my god and then i saw this t-shirt and i bought this and i spent 20 euros and i got you and so she loved her whole primark experience well also as well i found like your family can be your biggest critics can't they well i love the fact that she said to me like that she wouldn't actually use it. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, thanks, mom. The same with that when I was when I was in the magazine, I would always get her glamour. But she loved Harper's Harper's Bazaar, <laughs> and she uh, she loved um, Newbie Newbie Hands, mm. who was now at Porter. So now she buys Porter. But she, I remember back in the day, she would um, she would always swear by whatever Newbie wrote mm. about. She would go mad. And in a way, I love the story because my whole point with the range as well is is to say to people, you know, people don't just use one one brand. Yeah. We mix and match. And I mix and match. Look, I still use Advanced Night Repair. I would never in my life not use Advanced Night Repair by Estee Lauder. I love it. Mm. La Mer. I love my La Mer. I use so many different brands. Mm. Like, I and Arden Provage. I love so... And also what I've done is I haven't copied anything else. Mm. I've done something very different. I'm genuinely saying, guys, I try... I use everything. I'm still... Yeah believe that many other brands do good stuff i mean mm. i think if i was just talking about my stuff and be like oh yeah yeah i only use my <laughs> like i think it would be so disingenuous yeah and i don't yeah. like to be disingenuous it's mm. bullshit mm. and i love recommending products and mm. also you know i've done 20 products yeah. i haven't done 500 products so mm. i haven't done everything yeah not yet <laughs> <laughs> Watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god.
in your stomach. Oh my god, <laughs> what have you got me saying? <laughs> um, I have one quick question, because I know, obviously your name is Alessandra, but yes. you called it Alex yes. Steinher. Yes. Why, what was the yes. reason for that? It's because my Instagram and my Twitter is Alex Steiner, and uh. the, the simple reason is that Alessandra Steiner was too long. Yeah. So when I first joined Instagram and Twitter, it wouldn't let me... It was too many words. Right. So that's the best. Often answers are so basic, aren't mm. they? I mean, this mm. is the answer is that it's Alex Steiner. And I thought for, um, and also a lot of people know me, you call me Alex, don't you? Yeah. Or, and, and so people call me Alex or Alessandra. And the thing is like, I figured for Primark and because I, I, I mainly promote it on, on my social channels and that's how it gets promoted. Because, mm. you know, like I said, we don't advertise, we don't. So I thought it made sense to call mm. it Alex Steiner for Primark. Mm. And then, uh, you know, and that means that Alessandra Steiner can be yeah. used for something else. For something else, yeah. <laughs> oh, Neil. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking Well, now. look at Lisa Eldridge. She did jewellery. Yeah, and her lipstick. Or jewellery, depending on how she you pronounce jewelry it. jewellery and yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, I, I think when you're a creative... You have a lot of ideas. And you know I what? I like I, it that way. Yeah. I think this is, again, and also looking at all the other people that I've interviewed so far, it's what makes somebody entrepreneurial is because you like having projects, you like discovering new things, you like trying new things out. And I definitely think you have to be that kind of person to mm. be entrepreneurial, I think. I mean, you know, and I think definitely, and but also I think for me, I've, I've tried a lot of stuff that never ended up anywhere so yeah. it's not like Primark was my first attempt I mean I've mm. I, I haven't tried something exactly this but you know I thought about many other things and started thinking and talking to people and doing it and then you know I think the other thing about being entrepreneurial is also knowing when it's right and when it's not right mm. and not just following your ego also I, I'm very good at listening to my gut you know mm. so I'm like when it feels right it feels right when it doesn't that feel right, doesn't to me feel is right. the best thing to listen to yeah. whenever I don't listen to my gut and do something else. I always get it wrong. Yeah, yeah My gut yeah. instinct is always yeah. the right. And one. I've made mistakes. You know, we all have. We all but have, yeah. it's all right. It's all right. As long as you don't repeat them t two or three times, mm. you're okay. Yeah. So, so please go out and buy it. Please Sorry. go out and buy it. <laughs> and it's for men and women. Yes. Yes. And all ages great. as well. Yeah. Which I think is that's the other perfect. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Um, I'm going to move on now. Quick, rapid fire questions Good. for a bit of fun. Not prepped. Um, not that. prepped at all. <laughs> Genuinely not. Whenever I do this, everyone, people always look at me and go, oh God, what's he going to ask? No, but I'm excited. Yeah, they're fun. Um, what do you do in your spare time? <laughs> Besides trying loads of beauty products. I, uh, you know, I like going for walks. I'm a massive one for walks and I need nature. So I go into, when I'm in London, I go into Hyde Park and I go for walks, but literally we're talking an hour and a half walk. Mm. I need that to clear my brain. Yeah. I read a lot because I'm on, I'm on my phone all the time doing Instagram. I need to read proper books and I'm yeah. an avid reader. I would read yeah. every day. So I read anything, but anything and everything like mm. biography, autobiographies, uh, self-help books even like yeah. I, I, I'll read, I just read a lot. As we we mentioned earlier, you and I are big tennis fans. Yes. I know we've had conversations about this yes. over the years. Um, who is your favourite tennis player right now? And then who's your favourite tennis player of all time? Well, I obviously have to say uh, Dominique Thiem, uh, obviously. So I think he's uh, impressive. He's real. I watch more men's tennis than women's tennis, not mm. because of, a, of no other I don't know. It's just I always watch a lot of men's tennis. And of all time... I mean, Thomas Muster because he's Austrian <laughs> and because of the under the strength. I admire someone who 
against all odds type thing. You know, he had mm. an accident, came back, a very bad car accident with his legs you yeah. know, in Australia yeah. and came back and it's the sheer will, mm. the sheer will to win and to just work hard. But you know, I've always loved Nadal. I know you're a big Nadal fan. I've always fan. loved Nadal and I think, I mean, you know, and then Federer for the incredible longevity. Having loved athletes in general, tennis and football and all that, I take a lot from athletes in terms of how I approach my work as well. Mm. You know, the discipline, I keep going back to discipline, yeah. uh, the routine. I'm a oh, huge I like believer. Their biographies. Yeah, yeah I find it. Fun. You learn so much. If you yeah. approach, I approach life like like I'm definitely not an athlete, but mentally, <laughs> the mental strength, the mental attitude athletes have that yeah. thing of like repetition. Yeah, it's what you do often what makes you good. Okay, next question. What's your favorite food? <gasps> okay, I love sweets. So I love Sachertorte, which is a chocolate cake from Austria. Um, oh, I've not tried. Oh that. my god, it's like the most delicious chocolate cake. I'm can you get that here in? You can get it at Fisher's or at uh, the Wolseley, but it's not the mm. same as in Sacha. I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and otherwise steak. I love mm. steak. Sorry, mm. I'm not a vegan at all. But I'm trying steak. to eat less meat. Yeah. I do like steak. What's your guilty pleasure? Food-wise? Any, pla peanut any butter, pleasure. Peanut butter with <laughs> banana and chocolate. Chocolate? Uh, no. Uh, I love watching Good Morning Britain. <laughs> My guilty pleasure is Piers Morgan. Do you like Piers Morgan? I love Piers Morgan. And I know, like, I, I, do you know what? There's something about someone who is who they are. Yeah. And whether you like him or not, I think he's interesting. He doesn't and change. He does doesn't he? change. For anyone. He says it openly. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to be, I want to be controversial. And I do think he is quite pertinent or like sometimes, mm. not always. Sometimes he's childish and churlish. Yeah. But it entertains me. So mm. Good Morning Britain. It's, it's something that when I was working in office, I could never watch <laughs> morning TV. And, it, and as I get, as I rise early, it starts at six. And mm. so I sometimes catch it. And um, I, 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 yeah, that's, yeah. My, that's my guilty pleasure. Where's your favourite place to eat in London? Where would you I go? like Casa Cruz. It's 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 local to me. That's a really nice. I like I love that place a lot. Uh, I like a, a Jewish deli called Rubens on on Baker Street because they do salt beef and tongue and, and it's, oh god oh my god the vegans are gonna hate me. <laughs> um, but that that's very similar to Austrian food. I was so about to say, so quite I, I guess yeah. that. That's that. But then I love sushi as well. Yeah, like, I, I love, love Japanese sushi. food. And I've got to tell you, when like one of the cities that has marked me the most in my life is going to Tokyo. Mm. Oh my God, I'm so happy when I'm in Tokyo. It, 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 it's opened my eyes insane, so though. much. Yeah, I mean, I love Japanese food mm. in general. And so I love, I love, I love that. There are so many places in London. Yeah, that's the thing. That's and there's the so many. We're slightly, I don't know. I feel like we've almost got too many now. Yeah. Don't you think? But there's a lot. Of, there are a lot of different things, you know, yeah, a lot of opportunities, yeah. places to go. Who would you like to play you in a film of your life? Monica Bellucci, even though she's older than me, but that's not the point. I think she is. Mm. She's exquisite. Yeah. I think she's a real woman as well. Mm. And I, I the reason the answer was quick because to me she's just. I look at her and I'm like, you are quintessentially you. Yeah. You're not trying to be someone else. And I'm always about that. Be you. Because there is only one you. Be the yeah. best you. Exactly. Instead of being a pale copy of someone else. Yeah. And I think she is magnificent. And I think she is also a very good actress. And I think when you're that beautiful, sometimes people can be like, oh, she used to be a model. She's no good. But she's phenomenal. Mm. What would you say is your best feature or personality trait? Hmm. 
if you said what's your worst, that's an easier, <laughs> that's an easier question to answer, yeah, isn't it? Because yeah. we're so tough on ourselves. Yeah. Uh, I think tolerance. Mm. I'm I'm very tolerant of people. Of... What makes you annoyed? Uh, when people are late. Thank God I was on time. Um... Also, also, you know what annoys me more is people people blaming other people for their mistakes i hate that yes just own up oh, just say i, I fucked say, up yeah just say it and then we can move on mm-hmm. i hate that don't I hate, get me started i hate that more than people being late i hate that oh it wasn't yeah. me it was so and so oh jesus christ yeah like, just own, own yeah. it own the mistake yeah natural or chemical for what product natural can be very powerful this is a long conversation because water is a chemical do you see what i mean so this can be a big conversation i think i like something comes from a lab i like scientific let's put it there i like science Mm -hmm. we've combined science and natural and i think that's for me at the moment is what i like i like scientific i like something that comes out of a lab anything that that, unless it's an oil but something you mix yourself in your like anything emulsion with an emulsion or cream that you mix yourself i'm dubious about Mm -hmm. because that can create irritation so i think a blend of both, but if you if I have to make a decision, scientific. Yeah. For me. Mm. It's milder. Yeah. Natural doesn't mean mild. No, it doesn't. No, and you have right. to know what you're getting. Yeah. Definitely. What was the last time you cried? I cry a lot, but I cry more when I'm happy than mm. when I'm sad. I, I cry when I cry when I get emotional in a good way. It was actually probably a few days ago. Someone wrote me a nice message on Instagram and mm. even though it's someone I don't know but when people say something when people you don't know say that you've kind of touched their lives it touches me mm. and, I, and, I, and I do cry quite easily oh god do you know what I realize as I get older I'm like yeah. I've become a, like an emotional mess but it's but it but it's but it's with good things more than yeah. with bad things yeah. yeah yeah which is good um have you ever done anything illegal yeah I'm sure I have <laughs> but it's more stuff like I mean, nothing, no, poli- nothing police crazy. illegal. Yeah. Uh, imported drug. Well, no, not even imported, but no, 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 smuggled no. drugs. No, I haven't done that. But, um, but I think I've probably done things that are like, I don't know, like sneaking into places I shouldn't have when I was yeah. underage. Yeah. That kind of stuff. But yeah. no, but that's, if you consider that illegal. Mm-hmm. But... Um, but I've, I've, I'm, not, I'm not good with drugs and stuff like that. My cousin died of a drug overdose. So that's mm. kind of, you know, that's cured me of wanting yeah. to do anything like that. Also, I don't drink alcohol, you know. Mm. I'm, a, I'm quite boring that way. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you do karaoke or not, but what would be your song of choice? <laughs> the thing is, like, I don't because I have, like, honestly a bad voice. But I remember when I used, when, when we sometimes do, it would be um, Help. By uh, the, the Beatles. Beatles, yeah, or then there was the wasn't to sing, you know. Yeah, but wasn't there the Bananarama version? Oh, yeah. yeah, so I that one, that one, which is with French and Saunders, yeah, isn't so it? that one I can do, yeah, so yeah, but uh, but I mean, you know, it's it's a comedy for other people, yeah, I, I definitely have a terrible voice, <laughs> I can I can be honest about that. I believe everyone can sing if they're taught, that's my yeah, but I haven't been taught. <laughs> Last question, which is kind of good because you touched on this not that long ago. What was the last book you read? So it's called The Rules Do Not Apply by Ariel Levi, 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 mm-hmm. I think. And it's a memoir and it's very uncompromising. And it's someone, it's a, she looks at herself in a very um, frank way. And I think it's, it's hard sometimes to mm. look at yourself and really look at the darker sides of yourself. And be open about it. Yeah. And, uh, and she's a she's a she was a journalist, and she is um, like it's basically about wanting everything in life, mm. and at, at 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 what cost, and then when it kind of 
doesn't quite unfold in that way how to deal with it. it I thought it was really, really interesting. But you know, I, I'm also like, I love a little crappy novel as well. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just one of those, I just love reading lots. And again, with everything, it's, it's a curiosity. It's wanting to, yeah. I, lo I love absorbing lots of different things, you know, so I'm not, you know, I'm not going to pretend I'm, I'm like super intellectual. Like I read mm. a complete mix. Yes, I read classics as well, especially mm. German classics. I love reading Schiller and Goethe and stuff like that. Mm. But I, I also love reading super trashy stuff. I mean, <laughs> one of my favorite books was the Arnold Schwarzenegger biography. Oh, really? You know? I've not yeah, read that. because again, it's that, how do you go from being yeah. uh, someone from literally a village in Austria mm. to what? Again, it's not a question whether you like him or not, but no. and then you end up being one of the biggest stars in the world and, and a governor. So now a governor yeah. in the US. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So how yeah. do you get how? Mm. How does that happen? I mean, I find that fascinating. So again, mm. it's um, I just you know I read a big mix. Of books. Yeah, an eclectic mix of yes. books. Great, thanks, Alex. We're done. Thank you. Oh my God, I could sit. Is this the longest chat ever? No, 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 it isn't. Honestly, because I could sit and chat to you for hours. So, um, but thank you anyway. Thank um, you. We have to stop because Alex has to go. So, <laughs> I uh, do actually have yeah, to go. It's twelve o'clock. Oh my God, <laughs> I haven't even put makeup on yet. Yeah. So, um, thank you so much. Thank you. It's lovely to see you. And will you take some of my products? Yeah. <laughs> of course. Thank you for listening to In Bed with Neil Moody. If you want to get in bed with me again and another of my guests, then you can subscribe to my podcast on all the regular platforms to ensure that you don't miss an episode. There are other episodes already available to listen to if you want to hear more straight away. Thanks for listening.